Welcome to SEC Primetime with Starks and Stern. He's Clint Sterner. I'm Max Starks, and we are here. Clint, CFP college rankings have come out. And the CFP gods have spoken that no matter how embarrassing of a loss it was to Texas A&M, Bama is still Bama. And Georgia, those dogs are drooling all over the top 25. We have the top two seeds in this first one. Um, you know, looking at that scope, were you surprised at Bama's seeding, um, given who else is right there hovering in that top six? Or were, were you expecting that all along? No, look, I, I think when you talk about college football playoff rankings, I think Alabama's number one is always going to be given the benefit of the doubt, and rightfully so. They, they, they've earned their way there. I think Georgia is a no-brainer at this point in time, the number one team in the country. And so when you start looking, when you start looking down the list there with Michigan State at three, I don't have a problem with them ranking Alabama ahead of Michigan State. Michigan State is having a great season, no doubt about it. But you got to question their quality of wins along the way. I think you look at Oregon. Oregon's the one to me that that doesn't belong. Oregon's Oregon has lost a game to a three and five football team. I don't understand it, Max. I don't. I, to, to this day, I will never understand it. The, I believe it was the very first college football playoff rankings that came out. Not maybe not the ones that came out, but the the that year, their the, their, their national championship, their college football playoff bracket. Their four teams. One of them was Ohio State, and they lost to a six and six Virginia Tech football team at home that year. And I, I'm just here to tell you, I believe that part of being a champion, at least part of being a champion, is taking care of business. All year long, showing up for 12 or 13 weeks every single Saturday afternoon or whenever the hell you play your football games. I think that's part of being a champion. Beating teams that you're supposed to skull drag. I don't give a damn if two or three players were out from COVID-19. A, 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 th a three and five football team is a team that Oregon should be if they're going to be in the top four in the country. And so when I look at this, Georgia's a no-brainer. Alabama's a no-brainer. Michigan State, I completely understand. They got work left to do. Oregon is the one to me that I'm just like, what in the hell are these guys looking at other than that nice, shiny logo on that helmet and the fact that you get the West Coast in that footprint of the college football playoff, at least for the time being. I don't like it. I don't like Oregon at four at all. Well, you know, the one thing that surprised me was – you know, I get Cincinnati's got to make the top, not going to make the top four because it's a group of five. And no matter how good that win against Notre Dame is or isn't, they're just not going to get placed out. This is the highest they've ever been placed. But like you said, to see Oregon there, to see Ohio State, who lost to that same said Oregon team in front of Cincy, just bothers me. Like when I see that, I'm like, Cincy should at least have been at five. You know what I'm saying? Because when you look at the AP, you know, they're, they're hovering somewhere in that top four. And then for the CFP to come out and say, nah, still not good enough. Boom. You guys are two solid wins behind guys who lost one lost to the other. And like you said, the other one lost to a team they should have skull drug in that situation. So that just, you know, it kind of gnaws at me a little bit. I'm, I, I'm upset about that, you know, just because I, I do want to see a, I feel like since he's put in the work over the last two years, that they deserve a little bit more credit. They can't help what their schedule is, right? Because we schedule out 10, 15 years in the future. We schedule for our children's children to play uh, at these college games. 
you know, whereas we saw what happens with a BYU in a coastal Carolina, if you want to get it done, it will get done. And they obviously want to play any competition they can because they feel they deserve it. And they played like as such. So I, I so it's frustrating to see Oregon up there. Like you said, it's strictly a land grab for viewers and attention to get the PAC 12 involved with the West coast viewership. But this isn't the way to do that. I mean, and I know the season will play itself out. They always say they'll correct themselves. But to come out at the beginning, you should have just went ahead and just put them at five or four. Put them in the top five where they're in reach and let them earn their graces back into it as opposed to kind of giving them a seat and telling them it's yours till you lose it. Yeah, look, Max, if when we talk, when we, when we shift the, comp, the college football playoff conversation to Cincinnati, you want to talk about being rubbed wrong, man. I, I, I'm, I've been rubbed wrong with the way they treat group of five teams from the jump. That's one reason why I'm, I'm a, a big proponent of the expansion, college football playoff expansion, to give the best group of five team an automatic bid in, the highest ranked one, in, get, let them in, in the playoff uh, in any way, shape, or form. They deserve a seat, right? But Cincinnati, I told Bryce Petty this, um, the last time I did our After Dark show with Bryce Petty over there in the Big 12, former Baylor quarterback, I told him, man, I said, I said, look, Bryce, until they do it, until the college football playoff committee actually commits to putting a group of five team in the position to where if they have a hell of a season, if they win non-conference games versus power fives, if they win those non-conference versus power five on the road, like they did at Indiana and Notre Dame, if they skull drag everybody on their schedule otherwise, at least put them in, at least give them an opportunity to 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 be in the in the in the the, the top four initially and earn their way through the next four weeks, four or five weeks, earn their way to a college football playoff. Make other teams win their win their conference in order to upseat Cincinnati, at least make it challenging for these other schools to, to, to remove, to replace Cincinnati in that top four, putting them outside the top four right now, I think is wrong. And it makes it, it makes it much more challenging for them to crawl back up into that four. Really, it leaves it up to the other power five teams. Somebody's got to upset somebody. Somebody's got to lose more than one ball game. And if you look at the remaining schedules, that's damn near impossible. And so I, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. When you talk about it from the Cincinnati's perspective, I would like to see a group of five team get in personally, Max, but I, I just stick to my guns. I don't think the college football playoff is ever going to pass up that power five money, that Notre Dame money, that Oregon money, that those brands that come with the Oklahomas and the Michigans, they're never going to pick up a, a power, a group of five football team over a marginal power five team that has that kind of brand power. It's just not going to happen. And this is just one more example. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think when we look at just how it shakes out, I mean, you know, it's saying pretty much you got to have two losses in order for Cincinnati to, to, to jump you. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, because undefeated means nothing. I mean, you look at that respect and also Oklahoma's respect as well. Oklahoma's nine and zero. Got more wins than anybody else on the list. You see where they slotted them at eight. So, I mean, am, am, am I a little disappointed? Yeah, I am. But I will say this. I am happy to see Georgia and Bama up there at number one and two because I think that's a, that's appropriate because they do, they do have the gauntlets versus what Michigan State has. You know, we haven't seen them play Ohio State, right? The only way you get to see Ohio State is in the championship game. So, I mean, that's a rubber match. Oregon beat Ohio State, but – 
Same time, you, lo- you lose that bad one. So why not have them earn their way back into it? But I think, you, like you said, it, it, it's too much money. Too ma- those symbols, those symbols hold a yeah. lot of power. Yeah, I mean, Max, here, here's the deal. I, I, I went back and I was re-watching, I think, the Ole Miss-Auburn game. And it was Sean McDonough and, and Todd Blackledge. And at that point in time, it was before this college football playoff came out, right? So we had the AP had Cincinnati at number two. Sean McDonough had Cincinnati at number three. And Todd Blackledge had Cincinnati at number four. I'd say those are those are three pretty well-respected football minds uh, in, in the AP, Sean McDonough, and Todd Blackledge. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the college ball playoff committee gets behind a closed door on, on that on the, around that big, nice cherry oak uh, desk that they all sit around in there, and they decide they're number six. And, and teams that have lost to sub-500 football teams are above them. I mean, it's just a slap in the face. I, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but damn it, Max, it pisses me off. Before we move on to the line of the week, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With football season in full swing, get on the, on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, no, and, and you know what? I'm glad you mentioned you rewatched that Ole Miss-Auburn game because that leads us into our next topic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you're a good segue guy. I mean, I, I got to say, it, it's, it's, it's refreshing. Um, we talked about Bo Nix last week. Yeah. We talked about Bo Nix throughout this year. And it's been this roller coaster. It's going up and down, up and down. What do we expect from Bo Nix? Answers the call in LSU, and then, you know, he, he kind of subs himself out and then comes back big against Ole Miss. I mean, are they for real? I mean, you know, can they actually make that run at Bama? You know, I get we got Texas A&M first. That's, that's before we get to the Iron Bowl. But, I mean, is, is this Auburn team for real? Is Brian Harson's squad primed and ready right now at this position? I, I think they're for real, Max. I, I really do. And I started out, I was going to tell you, well, you know, I, I need to apologize. But to hell with that. I'm not apologizing <laughs> to anybody. I mean, no. the fact of the matter is, is we're watching Bo Nix play a, a brand of football that we've never seen at the quarterback position. Any way you slice it, it started against Arkansas. You talk about just a, a, a nice, accurate distributor of the football. Did it flawlessly and does it impressively, actually, at this point, stretching the field uh, uh, sideline to sideline. And then you look at then you look at his ability to throw the big ball over the top. It's improved since the beginning of the year. There's no question about it. And then you look at how well they're running the football, which includes the quarterback in that run game. I just think this is a a a, a two dimensional football team. They throw it well in the quick game and the deep game and the screen game. By the way, they run it well with several running backs and their quarterback. Whether it's a four minute offense or it's early in the ball game, and they're getting they're getting exotic inside the 10-yard line. And so uh, this is some of the best ball that, I, that I've seen Auburn play, obviously, all year long. I think that you look at Mike Bobo's offense, I think the players are taking to it. They're getting better week in, week out. And I think Derek Mason is one of the best defensive minds in the game 
on the on the defense side of the football as the coordinator. And so, yeah, man, I, I think I think Auburn is for real, man. I've watched them closely since that Arkansas game, and and I'm convinced that they have the horses to go in there versus Alabama and lean on them and have a chance to win this ball game in the fourth quarter. And uh, that that right there in itself is is saying a lot because I didn't think Auburn had the ability to do that two weeks ago. Yeah, no, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, you know, what Auburn has done to really shapeshift how people view them, how they look at them has been amazing. And like you said, that benching might have been the greatest move of the season for Bo Nix, right? Yeah. Brian Harson deciding to sit him and bring in Finley and let fin Finley finish out that Georgia State game because what we got after was that cracked egg. We Hey, we, it was no longer an egg wondering, is it going to become a chick? He, he cracked it himself, and, and, and an eagle flew out of there. That's uh, right. Or a war damn eagle at that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, it, it is impressive, like you said, to see what Bo Nix has become. And they are a team like, yes, is, is it the sexiest of, of teams? No, absolutely not. But they rely on being tough and physical at the point of attack in the rush game, using the play action in the RPO game with Bo Nix, and then the defense has been but don't break. Like, they are, they are going to try and get after you. They're going to try and play tough in the trenches and then just try their best not to give up the big play against you. So I think when you look at they've seen they've seen that they've gone through that maturation um, in this process. I mean, do you think Texas A&M with that crew, I know that they they finally kind of broken out of their shell as well with Calzada, right? I mean, he has he has matured throughout that we've watched him grow in front of our eyes, right? It's almost it's almost like watching the Bob Ross Chia pet. Um, you know, <laughs> Hair starts to grow, you know, you put the little seed paste on there and like, oh, okay, okay, the Calzada plan is working right now. Um, you know, what 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 do you see in this game kind of shaking down between these two? Because I think this is a really good matchup when you're looking at it. Yes, they're right next to each other in the rankings, 13 and 14. But, you know, I think this is a very evenly matched game. Can Do you think Auburn can go take this show on the road to Kyle Field and actually actually come out with the W against the Aggies? Oh, I think they can. I think they're capable of it. I, what I watched in earlier in the Yellow is week one or week two versus Penn State. I left that. I left that particular game with a a newfound respect for what Auburn was going to be this year under Brian Harson and, and company. And so, yeah, I, I think they, I think they'll they'll be okay in Kyle Field. I mean, I, you, you can compare Kyle Field to uh, Happy Valley and at, at Penn State. And I think they handled that as as uh, as good as they possibly could. Gave themselves a chance to win late in the football game, and so. Yeah, I, I think they'll be fine, but but I think the Texas A&M matchup is 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 big time before we ever get to the Iron Bowl, right? I, I think when you look at the Texas A&M matchup between them and Auburn, whichever team comes out of that that game at, as the victor, I think you can you can say okay, at that point in time, they're a legit they're a legit contender. And not contender in, in for a national championship, obviously, but a, a contender in the SEC. Look, a AM has AM has they slipped up too much too early to, to legitimately be a contender. But when we talk about the better teams in the SEC West, I think I think I think AM is actually up there more so than what their record shows. Whoever right now, AM has beat one team, Bama. They beat one team. That's it. That 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 is who that on their schedule. Arkansas beat them, Mississippi State beat them, but they beat Missouri, South Carolina, and they beat Bama. They haven't beat anybody. They haven't beat anybody in that upper echelon of the SEC at this point in time. 
as this thing unfolds. So is is AM, are they who we we saw earlier in the season when they lost to Mississippi State and they lost to Arkansas? Or are they the team that beat Alabama? If you win this week, you're more so the team that beat Alabama than you are the team that that sits with with Arkansas and, and Mississippi State, right? If Auburn goes into Kyle Field and beats number 14 Texas AM, the team that beat Alabama, all of a sudden we're not asking the question of whether Auburn is, is for real or not anymore. Auburn is legitimately got them. They they're going to give Bama all they want in the iron bowl. If they can go to Kyle field and upset, if you will, A&M, then I'm much more of a believer that they can go to, they, they can, they can play Bama in the iron bowl late and upset them. Well, no, I, I think, I think you're right on track. I mean, I, I want to see this. I think, I think Auburn can, I think they have the skill, they have the tools, you know, it, it's just going to come to which Texas A&M defense shows up, right? The one that played Bama or the one that one that played Mississippi State? <laughs> you know, I think that, that, that's kind of where you have to ask, or, or hell, for that matter, the one that played Arkansas. Um, you know, which one's going to show up? Because that's going to even this out as opposed to allowing this to potentially be a one-plus score game is which defense shows up. I think Calzada, I think with Spiller and Watermeyer and company there – at, on the offensive side, they can keep pace as long as that defense is willing to make some stops and get the ball back in their favor because they're going to need a couple extra possessions, I think, to make sure they keep pace. Whereas I think Auburn can score more frequently. Um, and it would be even more, I think, wide-eyed if if that defense is just giving up junk yards to tank Bigsby left and right. I, I think Auburn's got more of an identity. I think Auburn's more of a true, uh, you know, they, they got run pass options. I'm not, not RPOs, but they can run it well and they can throw it well. They do run RPOs, but you know, you get my point. They, they can run it well and they throw it well. I think they're better at the quarterback position. I think they're more confident at the quarterback position. Uh, and so uh, I, I think Auburn's got a real chance to go into Kyle Field and win that ball game. And, and if they do, I think it's going to be a huge statement, uh, a huge statement win. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I want to touch on a quick topic before we get to our Bet Rivers uh, sports line, and uh, that's Dan Mullen, hot seat. F- is it fair or farce? Oh, I just came up with a new segment right there. Fair or <laughs> farce? What say you, Clint of Sterner? <laughs> uh, I think it's farce. I, I think it's absolutely crazy, man. I mean, if if Florida even considers it, shame on them. Um, and if they do, if LSU and Texas Tech and TCU and all these other USC, all these other openings aren't aren't beating down his front door, they're crazier than hell, man. Look, I, you know how I feel about Dan Mullen. I think he's a great. I think he's a great head coach. A little, little bit, a little bit awkward. A little bit awkward of a dude. Quirky. A little different dude. Quirky. Gets a little different drum. Yeah. But 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 so be it, man. I, I think he in this big scheme of things, I think he is a phenomenal head coach. More importantly, in today's game, he is a phenomenal quarterback developer. I think he's a great schemer. Um, you know, I, I, I think he he lost a whole hell of a lot of players last year um, that he that he developed and that he brought to the point of where they were as good as they were offensively last year. I think he's got Anthony Richardson sitting right there uh, in the wings, ready to take this thing over. And and um, and by the way, if, I don't know exactly where Anthony Richardson's heads at. I, I've heard some rumblings of him maybe making some comments or, or tweeting something that he's not happy he'd be he'd be crazy as hell if he left Florida and left the nest of Dan Mullen if you will so I think it's absolutely crazy that that's even been mentioned or that it's even the topic that you and I are discussing uh, discussing right now man 
the Florida Gators are lucky to have Dan Mullen, and Dan Mullen will win in a big way in Gainesville if they just give him time and don't look. Every time he lost an unbelievable amount of talent last year. I mean, your quarterback along with unbelievable weapons, right? I mean, it's no, no, no wonder that they had a little bit of a backslide here. Um, and and it's it's a tough schedule that they've played so far. I, I wouldn't bail out on Dan Mullen yet. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even shake my mouth to say the words. Well, and I think even more so the fact that this was a rebuild year initially, and I think people started started smelling the vapors when they saw what the preseason ranking came out and what they were kind of like, oh my gosh, this we're top ten, we should be that good. No, no, that's <laughs> what preseason rankings are for. It's a guess. And we lost a whole hell of a lot. If you want to talk about preseason rankings, who are those top three Heisman guys? Top three Heismans, preseason all-conference, preseason all-America. Where are they? Where is Spencer Rattler? Right? <laughs> Let's talk about that. Where's Sam Howell? Hello? Hello? I mean, so, you know, for us and me as a proud Florida alum, right, I'm also a fan, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be that great. I was, you know, it was like hoping on a prayer every time. You know, that Bama game, I was like, hell yeah, we got within two. We beat the spread. Hell yeah, I'll take that all day. But for us to think that, hey, we're going to come in, we're going to beat up Georgia, I mean, that, that that's tough. That's a tough task. And, you know, I was happy to see that they put Anthony Richard in and gave him a chance to play against that and get used to that taste of playing those big-time games. But, I mean, it, it, he looked like a freshman. I mean, he looked like C.J. Stroud at the end, at the beginning of the season. And we remember how sloppy that was at Ohio State. <laughs> so, you know, this is just those growing pains in the process. But you're absolutely right. You know, you texted me this earlier, and I completely agreed. G-T-F-O-H. Yeah. <laughs> For Dan Mullen being on a hot seat. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's asinine. It's stupid. I listen, I listen on, on Twitter when, when, we have, when we have our little post-gator discussion posts in there I, I go lit, log in the room and listen as I'm driving and it's just it's amazing to me some of the things people expect for people that have not yeah. been on that have not been on on the field on the turf they have not been in that in, in that room on the grease board watching film and putting on pads and running and everything else two a days everything included and you got this strong opinion I'm like hey listen simmer down Remember what McElwain and Muschamp was before you start trying to put Dan Mullen on the hot seat. Remember those years. Yeah. So, and then move from there. But uh, that's enough. right? Like you said, we gave it too much credence already. So <laughs> listen, so let, let's just go ahead and let's just jump into the last topic. Let, let, it's LSU Bama is the line for our Bet River sports line this week. And I got to say, this one's uh, <laughs> it's a little wide, a little wide on this one. LSU um, is uh, is plus 28. Oh, wow. <laughs> four tutties. Count them. Mm. One, two, three, four. Seven, 14, 21, 28. Um, <laughs> the points scored in this, which is 60, 65 and a half, 65 and a half points. And you're giving up 28. I'm just doing the math. That's a lot to a little. <laughs> yeah. What do you say about that? What do you What do you see in that one? Man, I, I'm I'm gonna take LSU in this one. Man, that's that's a lot of points. And and um, one, I don't think they can have as bad a luck as Florida had last week uh, versus Georgia. Um, you know, I, I I view this game very similarly as I did Florida Georgia last week. 
And I, I was really on – I felt like I was really on to something before that 21-point swing in about a minute and a half there at the end of the first half. Max, I felt like I should call you and apologize for that. But <laughs> I feel the same way. Look, I think obviously Alabama's a better football team, much better football team on all fronts. They're more talented. They're coached better. Uh, they've got better quarterback play. But there's no doubt about it that LSU – LSU will take their game to a whole other level in terms of individual players will take their game to a whole other level when Alabama's across the, 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 the field from them. And I think that, that LSU has the horses to lean on Alabama in a way that not many teams in the SEC West do. Not many teams in the SEC East do. So I think man-to-man, they can match up and not get bullied by, by, by Alabama. And – so with that said, I think 28 points is a little bit much. I think I think Alabama is vulnerable. I said this all year long. I think they're vulnerable. And when you match up big bodies in the trenches that can lean on them and keep from getting bullied, I think it is an absolute game changer. I think Alabama wins the ball game, but I love LSU to 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 cover the spread, the 28 point spread, and I I, I like the over in that ball game. Okay. All right. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with likeness and go to go go to differences. Uh, likeness. I'm taking over with you. I think I think points will be scored. I think Bama now sitting at that two seed is reinvigorated, right? To go out and, and just stomp mud holes in whoever they can the rest of the way, so that they get that tilt against Georgia, and hopefully it's a tight game either way, so they both still make it in. So I think Bama's reinvigorated. Number two. We all know Nick Saban after a bye is a mother. <laughs> and, and and it's not your mama, <laughs> but he's, he's <laughs> something else. Um, so giving Nick Saban two weeks to dissect LSU is tough. Just going to put that out there. It's a tough one. Um, I actually like Bama to cover this spread. Ooh. I know, I know. Hey, listen, listen. If you if you want to step in the ring, make sure you wear wear the heavyweight gloves. Okay, <laughs> make sure you say, I'm willing to go in there and go tell because I think Bama has something to prove. I think they want to keep that pace because they got that that stain of that one on there, and you know that that's going to piss Nick Saban off yeah. worse than a gnat that you can't catch around your face. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he's going to be pissed off, and he's he's going to keep the gas on the pedal the entire time. And I just – I don't know where LSU's mind's at, right? You had the big game against Florida. You you, you tear it up. Then you lose to Ole Miss, who had run run gap issues. And they, they hold you to 17 points. And then you get a bye. I don't know where the kid's head's at with Ed O being gone. And now you have the lame duck coach. Like, it's now start to set in that you got lame duck coach status. And I don't know if those kids are going to fight. I think some guys are going to fight. I don't know if the whole team's ready to fight. And that's my one question. If I look to the left, I look to the right, and I see that one bead of sweat coming down, and I start to smell something that is not so fresh coming down a leg, <laughs> I'm worried. I'm worried. And I get the pants are yellow, so you can kind of hide it. But still, um, that's where I worry. And I think Bama wants to come out with a painted face and a dark heart because they know that they need to cover this to keep pace so they can stay in that top four realm because they have that one loss. 48-21 Bama, the over and, and LSU. All right. I'm I'm gonna go 48-14. Oh Bama. I think it's still 48. I think 48 to 52 is the range. 
but I, I don't think I don't think LSU scores more than 14 points. If you only score 17 on Ole Miss, I'm gonna give you credence for two touchdowns. But I, <laughs> I, I, I can't I can't give you anything else, Edo. I love you. You're 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 as Cajun as the day is long, but I, I can't give you that much credence. So there it is. You heard it from you heard it from the horse's mouths, both of ours. I said Bama covers over. Clint said Bama, Bama does not cover, but they hit the over. And that's it. Go to betrivers.com or go to betrivers on the iOS app. Place your own votes and place your own bets. It's your money. Remember that 250, that cash rush bonus you get? Go ahead, use that to make the bet so you don't feel bad about it if you lose it. Uh, <laughs> checks post dated. But uh, with that, we're done with the show. And once again, please continue to tune in. Please continue to hit the like button, subscribe to it. We enjoy this. Clint and I love this back and forth. We love to, to be able to reach out to you guys and talk about the greatest conference there is in the land, which is the SEC. So with that, we bid you adieu. We'll talk to you next week. This has been SEC Primetime with Starks and Stern. <laughs>